0: Thank <laughs> you.
1: for listening this is the musea podcast and i am michael howard the founder of musea this is episode number 49 and before we get to the podcast there's a couple things i just want to bring up Uh, this week we should be rolling out our global feature for the musea store so uh, this has been a long time coming i know many of you outside the u.s have been wanting to use the musea store for your online proofing and so now we're going to be able to do that um hopefully it should just be a matter of days now Uh, we're just putting some finishing touches on it i've looked at it it looks great and uh, we just got to tweak a few things before we release it uh, live to the public. So uh, hopefully in a couple of days uh, we'll have it launched and we'll be serving Australia, Canada, UK, and Europe. Uh, and we might be throwing New Zealand in there as well. So we're, we're kind of working on that here last second, seeing if we can get uh, everybody added down in New Zealand. So uh, that's where we're at. So we're super excited. Um, thank you f- to everybody that has been waiting for this uh, for – Yeah, a year, 18 months or something. Um, And so we're excited to finally be serving you. And so anybody that's out there in those countries, we would love to have you check us out. Uh, You can sign up at mymusea.com. I believe it's the uh, best designed and uh, simplest and easiest to use online proofing system out there. Uh, And so we're just getting started and we're just going to keep making it better and better. Uh, And so yeah, join us as we kind of go on this journey together. So also today marks the... Five week point until the gathering in Tacoma. So I want to say just a couple of quick things about that um, before we get onto the podcast. Uh, the reason I'm, we're doing this gathering is I really wanted to offer an education uh, event in the industry that was not about kind of this idealized glitter and photography is amazing and you're going to be rich and you're going to be drinking champagne on yachts in the Caribbean and all that kind of dreamy stuff. So photography is a lot of hard work. Um, it's a lot of you know blood, sweat, and tears. It's a lot of frustration. It's a lot of um, you know times you just feel like you want to throw your camera away and quit. But there's something in you that drives you that you just have to do this and you have to make it work. And that's what photography is about. Um, and so we want to have an educational event that upholds this kind of um, long view, um, no shortcut, uh, no magic bullet. Uh, way of kind of viewing, um, being a photographer and what that means and how your life and how your work looks different when you take kind of a long term approach to it. And so, um, so that's kind of where we're going with the gathering. That's why it exists. Uh, you know, we want to give you guys solid truths about the realities of photography, but we also want to give you tools that, uh, you can take and kind of build your own ideal business and and to match your own kind of vision you have for your work and for your company. Uh, we're not about making, Clones of the teachers that are at the gathering. Uh, you just—we want you to take bits and pieces from each of the teachers and then make your own thing out of it. Um, and that's basically what true kind of creativity is, anyway. You take some stuff from here and stuff from there, and you kind of mix it together and you build your own little unique thing that nobody else has. And so it's—it's it's not about being a cookie cutter carbon copy of a teacher that's there. It's about learning some really. Uh, hard truths and then taking bits and pieces of every person and then building your own thing and so that's what the gathering is about and so we would love to see you there you can get tickets uh, at museagathering.com it's july 16th 17th and 18th i just got a sweet deal for uh, an airbnb place that i'm staying uh only fifty dollars a night so if you want to cut some costs or something please check out airbnb.com um great places to uh stay there's plenty in tacoma and uh, they'll save you some money so you're not paying these hotel fees of $200 a night or something like that. So, uh, Also, we uh, recently just uh, updated our um, balance sheet. And because uh, uh, 11 days ago, we have given enough money to water.org that 43 people are going to receive clean water for life. And so there's something I'm really pumped about. Uh, so thank you for using the Musea store and changing the lives of other people. So I cannot wait till the day that we get up to one hundred people, or a thousand, or even ten thousand people that we've helped uh, get clean drinking water. So thanks so much for what you're doing, and just keep on selling prints. So it's it's working, and we're really excited about it. Um, this podcast is with a photographer actually in Seattle. Um, his name's John Keatley. He's a advertising and editorial photographer, and in this podcast. Um, John talks a lot about um, his interest in the human face and how he gains the trust of others. He talks about building a brand and the discipline uh, of simplicity. Uh, If you don't know John, a little bit about him is he's done work um, for clients such as Samsung, Microsoft, Starbucks, T-Mobile, Vizio, Rolling Stone, NBC, uh, and he's just photographed such people as Annie Leibovitz. He's taken her portrait, which is really rare, actually. Uh, he's photographed Tim Gunn, uh, Macklemore, and Ryan Lewis, who are really kind of blowing up right now in the music scene. Uh, he's photographed uh, people like Bill Gates, even. So uh, he's won some awards for his work. Uh, won some awards from PDN, American Photography, and the Communication Arts Photography Annual. So he's a great, great follow on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, so make sure to check him out, check out his work, um, before or after this podcast and even check out the videos on his site so they're super creative and uh, you get some more insight into into who this guy is. So thanks so much for listening as always and we'll see you in a couple weeks. well john thanks so much for joining me on the podcast i'm uh, excited to have you on i'm a big fan of your work so how are you doing today
0: i'm doing well thanks for having me on i appreciate your your
1: interest yeah no problem um the first thing I wanted to talk about is just to get more of your story about kind of about how you got started. So I know there's a little bit of that um, on your website through a video that you talk about, but um, if you can just kind of give us a bit of a rundown of that.
0: Sure, yeah. I, I kind of stumbled into photography. It was um, somewhat accidental almost, but uh, I didn't really pick up a camera. I did. I did high school photography, but it was class to me. It wasn't like something that I... I think I didn't really think much about it because I had to do it kind of thing. Um, but then in college, I started taking pictures just really to document like my life and some pictures of friends and things like that, just simply because I didn't have any images of really anything since high school, I suppose. And um, So I, I was taking some pictures, and a lab manager where I was developing my film pulled me aside one day, and she, she encouraged, just basically encouraged me and told me that I had a good eye and asked if I had ever considered photography and I didn't even really know what that meant I thought that photography was just something that families do at birthday parties really I mean that was my only real um, kind of idea of what photography was and so that was the first time that I think something that I was interested in um, apparently I you know thought well maybe I'm good at it because somebody told me I was and it seemed like I was kind of in a stage of my life where I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life, too. So all those things just came together, and it was just something that I just ran with. Even before I even knew what that meant, in hindsight, it was probably pretty foolish, but it was exciting, and um, that was really all I needed to hear, I guess. And so I was in school studying business, and I pretty much just kind of skated by and finished business, but on the side, I was just constantly trying to find anything I could about photography or anybody who was involved with photography and in, in any sort of capacity and I was just asking questions I, I couldn't get enough information I just wanted more and more and um, it was that was that was kind of the short the short version but yeah at that point then I um, I started shooting in school and then by the time I graduated I was full-time you know shooting weddings or little tiny corporate things or you know portraits for people kind of thing and um just kind of went from there, really,
1: yeah, how did you I guess when you're kind of that early part of your career when you're shooting because then you're talking about your video, kind of shooting just anything it sounded like you know, just which I think a lot of photographers do because you're still trying to figure out your vision or where what you, you want to do or what you're really good at, I guess right. um, how did you i guess decide that you know like editorial and kind of commercial advertising photography is was your path you wanted to take?
0: Um, it took a while, I think um, I started off doing weddings because that was um, what what I was able to you know get paid to do and there was an obvious uh, you know need in the market and a good way to start out and um, but it was probably after I don't know three four or five years of doing weddings and you know other odds and ends I just started to become pretty frustrated and I didn't really know why at first um, I knew I wasn't I wasn't happy just taking pictures anymore. It was uh, starting to feel like there was something very specific that I wanted to do with photography. And um, kind of gradually over time, I started to realize all of my different interests in life and all of the little things and quirks that make me who I am kind of began to surface. And I realized that photography was a way to kind of uh, create ideas and thoughts and feelings that I had and things that I thought were funny and um, just things that I felt were interesting. I've always been a really visual person, but I never really had a medium that I knew how to express any of those things through. So uh, I, as I began to discover kind of those feelings and also also discovering editorial portrait photography and I started to, um, because I think back when I started, there weren't really a lot of there weren't a lot of you know there was obviously magazines, but there weren't a lot of like photography magazines there certainly weren't any websites you know for the most part, and if they were, they're mostly kind of geared towards like hobbyists or nature or things like that um I think it's easier now to find more uh, kind of uh, specific little niches like you know editorial portrait photography, and all that kind of stuff but um mm-hmm. as I began to discover that type of thing, I learned that that was what I what I really wanted to be doing. And so I started looking into that kind of stuff more and more and um, pretty soon realized that that was really what I wanted to do and what I enjoyed when I did it on my own. And so, um, that was, that was kind of when, when that discovery took place, but yeah, it was a few years into the, into the process.
1: Yeah. Um, how long have you been doing the kind of editorial portrait stuff?
0: Um, well, I, I guess it was probably around 2005 or 2006, when I started to kind of become interested in that, so it's probably i don't even know what year it is anymore it's been about seven or eight years now, I guess yeah that I've been doing that and then it was probably around two thousand and seven two thousand and eight I was still doing weddings and things like that, and i've decided um, that I just wanted to I, I I had this desire to try to be great at something I wanted to try to do one thing and do it really really well, and I was trying to do weddings and I was trying to do editorial and I wasn't really doing very good at either of them, and I felt like if I continued on that path, um, you know, I was probably not going to succeed. And so I decided to cut pretty much everything off that wasn't um, in line with what my what my goals were, which at the time were, you know, to be an editorial portrait photographer. And so, um, you know, long story short, I... Basically stopped taking on you know working for you know weddings or families or things like that, and I just started completely putting my time into um, commercial photography, and that was you know it's been a it's been a journey, but that was kind of the first big step to do that because I, I think uh, it's probably always been true, but I mean I think especially today with just the number of people and resources that there are devoted to photography and just the arts. Um, if you're trying to do a bunch of different things, there's a lot of people out there who are doing one thing and trying to do it really well, and uh, you'll just get lost in the in the noise if you if you aren't one of those people that's really trying to to be great at something. Because there are so many people doing great work out there, and uh, it's really competitive. And you have to be able to establish your brand and create work that's going to stand apart from everyone else's. And I just don't think that you can do that if you're distracted
1: or trying to do multiple things at once hmm Yeah. No, I think it's a great... I mean, yeah, because I, I see definitely a lot of photographers out there that you go to their, their site, and they have, you know, they're like, I'm the wedding, fashion, family, baby, you know, commercial photographer, and that just never never seems like you're, they're a specialist in anything, so why would they get hired for anything? I guess, you know, yeah. it's really special in a way.
0: And you probably have to do... I mean, you have to... Do that. Everyone's story is going to be different. There certainly is a time where that's the fine line. If you know, if I'm talking to a photographer who's starting out, it's easy for me to say, "This is what you have to do." But I mean, the reality is, you still have to make a living even while you're in that transition. So you know, it's it's tricky how that looks. I mean, you may have to do everything for a little while. Uh, I you know, when I set out, I certainly had a savings set aside from shooting lots of weddings and things like that. And so it's not like I just. Made that decision, and you know the phone started ringing, so you have to be smart about it and but but I think if, well in any business, but especially in this business, I think that appearances and branding and website and all that kind of stuff client you know perceptions are very important, and so you really do have to think about uh, very carefully what are you what image are you putting out there if you are going to start taking those First steps towards you know meeting with clients or trying to approach clients. You really have to think about you know maybe some of that work you have to do on the back end to make money. Maybe that needs to be a little more secret, for lack of a better term, or something like that. Because um, it's going to be hard to establish a brand, you know, a consistent brand in clients' eyes. Um, if you do have all that confusion, I mean, I, I frequently say, I mean, take any brand, really, like Coke, for example. If Coke started making office furniture, I mean, that would be very confusing and you know it would even if you love coke if it's your favorite drink like you'd be lying if you didn't say it. it wouldn't make you stop and think like you'd have to wonder you know what is the product that what you know is this a product that i put my trust in anymore kind of thing and so um... photography just like any other business you really have to think about what's the impression that clients get when they go to your website or when they think of you and so it's a it's a delicate
1: balance but yeah. And kind of dovetailing that into some about about your work, I guess, and maybe how you got to where you are now. Um, you know, because I think you know specializing, or when people come to at least maybe one of your websites, that one website you know has very specific work on it, and it's branded a very specific way. Um, you know, some people, somebody, I could see somebody saying, "Hey, I want to be an editorial portrait photographer, or editorial fashion photographer." But even that alone isn't necessarily specific enough, I feel like. Um, you know, because when I go to your site, obviously you have a lot of humor in your images. And I feel like you build your brand around that, which is ob- obviously very specific. Um, so talk about that, like when you're cultivating that uh, sense of like humor um, or kind of cleverness in a lot of your pictures. Um, and when that light kind of went off for you, that you had something that you could really, really build around.
0: Um yeah, I mean I think really the the first the first picture I took kind of in this style, there was a um I photographed a friend of mine, his grandpa is this really interesting guy and uh there's a really interesting backstory to him as well, which is why I'd, we talked about photographing him, but uh it was the first time I kind of went out editorial style and photographed someone and had lights and things like that. And I had like a new medium format camera and all this kind of stuff and it really was kind of just an accident. I I was shooting film at the time, and, um, you know, I didn't really have any experience. I never assisted. Um, I, but I had been doing photography for a while, so, I mean, I knew about photography. But I pretty much went there, and I kind of had some ideas and, you know, photographers that I had been studying and um, wanting to emulate in some, some capacity and uh, did the shoot and got the film back, and it was kind of like, wow, you know, it, it's... Um, Sometimes people like sometimes family members or people who don't really know anything about photography they'll see a professional photographer's work and they'll be like, "Wow, that looks like it could be in a magazine." (laughs) It's like, "What does that mean exactly?" Um, But I I suppose you know. I to be fair, I had that same reaction I think to my own work at that point. I I saw it and I was kind of surprised. I thought, "Wow, this looks like different than anything I've ever done before." But it was really close to kind of what I had always dreamed about, and so I think that first image for me was just like this big a confidence builder of like wow I can do this even though I don't even totally know how I did it <laughs> mm-hmm. I did it and so uh, that's at least something to build on and I think that was really the the big thing for me with this that, that first shot and so um you know sometimes you look back and you learn more than you knew in the moment I mean I certainly can look back and see how things have developed and I certainly look back and see how um I've left kind of my imprint on my work sometimes intentionally and sometimes unintentionally but I think ultimately my work is, uh, I, don't, I tell people my work is much more a reflection of who I am than the people I'm photographing. Uh, I typically tend to dress people in a way that I would want to dress or mm-hmm. things that I like. It's not usually like, what's your favorite shirt? It's like, what do I think looks best on you? And I think all those little ty- types of decisions, like, you know, my work sometimes has a lot of, can have a lot of blue, in it blue my favorite color. It's something I've ever really thought about until someone kind of mentioned that one day. And But it's all those little tiny decisions that add up and make one big, kind of big decision almost that is all of a sudden you realize like, wow, this this is hopefully, ideally the goal is always for my work to be a reflection of myself. Um, and I think that's really the only way to differentiate yourself. I mean, I'll, I'll tell anybody anything I do. I mean, oftentimes, you know, tips and tricks, some magazines, and people always want to know like what lens do you shoot with or, you know, who does your retouching or what kind of program do you use. But really, I mean, all that kind of stuff doesn't do you any good unless you have a vision and a you know idea. And the only thing that people can't copy is your decision-making process. And so that's why it's so important to have like a strong decision-making process because that's the only thing that's really going to make your work stand apart. I mean, there's like I said, there's lots of people doing you know stylized portrait photography, editorial, commercial advertising, all that kind of stuff. But um, you know, each person, if they're doing it right, it's going to have like even if the lights are the same and post processing is all the same, they're going to hopefully have a vision in the story that they're telling that's much different than anyone else's. And so, uh, probably just got a little sidetracked from your original <laughs> question, but um, it's all good. Uh, stuff. But yeah, that's
1: uh, yeah. That's kind of um, so. Like the humor thing. I mean, is that something that like did you grow up in a family that? was cracking a lot of jokes or is that just something you were attracted to through like movies or different things you consumed growing up or where does all that come from?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's funny. I, I don't, a lot of times people, they talk about humor and I I definitely think I see humor in my work, but I've never, I never really think of myself as like a, you know, a humor. I mean, it's it's something I do. I'm aware of that, but I, I'm like looking at a shelf we have in the studio right now and, there's like a bunch of images and you know, I don't know. I mean, none of them are necessarily outla- outright hilarious. And so I don't know. It's just kind of, I guess it's just, I, I grew up kind of appreciating Monty Python and dry humor and mm. um, kind of sarcasm. And, uh, you know, again, I think it's just kind of, again, part of me. It's not even really something I think about. Right now, a lot of my work, I feel like is more dramatic and just kind of like calm, but there, I go through phases. It's really just... You know, kind of creating something that I find interesting, I never really set out to be like, okay, I'm going to create a humorous image right now, or we did a shoot last week where um, some of the pictures were really serious, and it was about um, this company where they had to lay off a bunch of people, but it was kind of a, a humor based company um, internet company and uh, so some of the shots were pretty serious, and then some of the shots were really quirky and but I was never looking back at him I was never thinking, like, let's try to make this hilarious. It was just kind of I think this would be really interesting or funny and that's kind of what drives me. But yeah, to answer your question, I mean I, I think I grew up, you know, appreciating the type of humor that I try to emulate in my in my photography and um I also feel like I, I always I'd rather be the guy that goes to a party, tells a joke and leaves early than the last person to leave, you know, and I kind of feel like sometimes with photography people try to explain their work too much. They're like, mm-hmm. "Hey, this is funny because this guy is standing on top of something and screaming and he's like got Drupal coming out." It's like, "Hey, isn't that funny? It's crazy." And I just I don't find that funny. I I feel like uh I I find humor in things where you have to think a little bit more or you have to, you know, work at it a little bit more. And so yeah, I don't know. I,
1: yeah. No, those are good.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm just trying to think through. I mean, it's a good question, but, um, you know, no, it wasn't like I grew up and it was like, you know, whoopee cushions and, like, <laughs> joke at the dinner table every night or anything like that. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. I think that's just kind of part of who I am, I suppose.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, you mentioned kind of on your, on your site something about... Um, your fascination with like funny faces or just even your fascination with i guess faces to a degree mm-hmm. uh, i mean obviously being a portrait photographer um i think i think that's kind of an important fascination to have but obviously you you take it sometimes to very exaggerated faces i guess in a way mm-hmm. um talk about that and your process of working through that, and even if you're now into some things that aren't quite as, as expressive, how, how you've kind of got there?
0: Well, I think, um, I mean, yeah, the the fascination for me with the human face is I don't really know how to explain it. I feel like it's the one thing that I don't get tired of. I mm. I rarely want to do the same thing over again. I feel like I quickly get bored with things, and I always want to try something new or move on, but the one constant that I can look back on is just human emotion and expression in the human face. There's just something I don't know that I just can't get enough of and the fact that every person is different, you know, just makes it feel different for me every time. Um, I think going back to something I mentioned earlier, I have, I've always been kind of intrigued by dry humor or just very or classical paintings and um, I think light is most interesting, and I think the human face is aesthetically most pleasing when it's calm, when you're not, like, you know, wrinkling your, you know, face or smiling or things like that. And so I started off, you know, especially as a kind of using studio lighting and things like that. Like I always had my subject quite calm, even if it was meant to be funny. It was maybe funny because they're calm in the situation that I put them in, or it was just visually interesting. I loved the lighting. Lighting was a huge focus for me when I first started um but and also i think another thing too worth mentioning is um kind of going back to the explain you know telling a joke and leaving like i think from the party i think you know a joke's not really funny if you have to explain it too mm-hmm. and um i think there's something about if someone sees a picture of someone smiling as a viewer it's easy to just to instantly relate to that image you can say oh I know what it's like to smile, and this, this picture feels really familiar, and I instantly know exactly what this person's feeling and, and then what this image is about. And, and I've noticed this as I show my work to people, like, they just will pass it up really quickly. And I've noticed the work that is a bit more confusing, for lack of a better term, or not so straightforward, people tend to stop and look at it. And sometimes uh, there's this inherent need I think that we have to explain things, and so people want to know who is this, or even who is this shot for, or what's going on here, and sometimes that information adds like beautiful context or you know depth to an image, but sometimes I feel like it's really not necessary either and um, so I always strive to create something that's not going to allow people to feel like they can instantly relate to everything about it move on. I want to create an image where people uh, they they need to explore, and sometimes they'll start telling me what they think is going on, and it may not. Be anywhere near what I was thinking when I created it, but it doesn't really matter to me. Like that's that's the thing I love about photography is just seeing people use their imaginations and um, kind of wonder and um, you know struggle through or you know walk through an image like that. Um, But then to get back to your question, I guess um, when when I was starting out, so like I said, I was shooting a lot of people, and typically they were very calm. And I got to a point where um, that was interesting to me, but. As you try to work through this commercial photography industry, um, you know you have to be focused and specialized, but at the same time, you also have to provide something very specific to your clients. And um, I started noticing that people were, you know, not hiring me for certain jobs because they said that I couldn't handle expressions very well. And in my head, I was thinking, like, I'm great with people. Like, I focus on people. And I could do expressions really well, but I just didn't and t- tend to show that uh, in my. I maybe have like a lot of expressions, but in my edit, I'd always go for the straight, kind of dry image. And I, I would get really frustrated with that kind of feedback. But then one day I looked at my website, and I realized like <laughs> every single portrait on the website was just like this dry expression. And so I thought, well, you know, I can get mad about it, or I can do something about it. You know, I mean, uh, getting mad or frustrated is you know not going to change anything. So. It was just kind of that, you know, I think you have to do that as an artist or even just as a business. You have to be really self-aware and you have to be able to adapt and change constantly um, because the market is going to change constantly. So um, I started realizing, you know, if I want to do some of these jobs, which I did want to do, you know, uh, you know, because the other thing, too, is in your personal work, you can maybe do something very dry, but it might be that, you know, commercially people need more expression. You know, you might need to... Appeal to a wider demographic, and so I certainly need need to be able to show that I can do that if it's something I want to do. And so I started experimenting with um, photographing people with intentionally a broader range of expressions, just to show that I can do this. Because in uh, advertising, you know, people basically they're not going to want to take a risk with when you start talking about that kind of money. They want to know this. Photographer has done this exact job essentially 15 times before, kind of thing. Um, No one's ever going to say, "Hey, you're really great with people." Um, You know, you're really great with people playing football. I bet you'd be great with, you know, shooting dancers. I mean, it seems like well, it's both athletic, and you can photograph people, and your lighting's beautiful. But that's in this industry. That's a huge jump. Like people are going to people are going to hire a photographer to shoot. Football athletes for Nike they're going to hire the photographer who has that exact stuff in his portfolio, and that's like almost all he or she does um, and so I found that out with my work, like even you know I was bidding on portrait advertising shoots, and I wasn't getting it because my faces were serious, and they wanted someone who had a a sillier expression and so uh, but and it was hard for me to do that at first because it didn't feel genuine. Like it felt really frustrating. Like I don't want to be shooting this kind of stuff. But as I you know, kind of worked through it, I think with anything, I started finding a way to do it again in my own way that that still felt genuine and still was interesting to me, but that also could hopefully fit that need in the market that that I was kind of running up against. And so. I think over the last year or two, I've started to integrate a bit more expression, and I've actually and I've been enjoying it. I think some of it too was also just comfort. Like it's mm-hmm. it's easy to be comfortable sometimes, and I maybe got <laughs> a little too comfortable. So I don't know. It's all it's uh, I'm probably rambling, but it, I think you know it is kind of like this. It's uh, the word I'm trying to find, but it's it's definitely like a, a journey to kind of. Yeah figure out all this kind of stuff because sometimes, you know, we have to find a balance between what do we, I mean, you always have to be true to yourself, but you have to be aware of the market too and find that balance and it can be tough, but mm-hmm. I enjoy that challenge. I think it's, it's something that is fun to work through, especially maybe looking back, not necessarily in the moment all the time.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I totally understand where you're, yeah, that balance can be frustrating. So learning to love it makes a big difference if you're going to have a long career, Um, in the industry. Um, One of the things I kind of spin off that um, anybody that does work that's kind of similar to yours, um, even editorial work I I find interesting is because sometimes like you're given, given a job and you have to go and shoot kind of somebody, uh, I guess for like a one page thing or something, maybe for a magazine or even several pages. But um, how you go into a situation and if you need to get a certain type of image out of them, how do you kind of end up in a short amount of time kind of building and c- gaining, gaining their trust so that you can kind of do whatever you are wanting to do or what you're envisioning? Because, uh, you know, they're obviously probably there to kind of protect their image as well and how you need them to trust you with their, their image and all that.
0: Right. Well, it's always, I mean, it's different. It's funny. I mean, it really is different depending on where you live and the type of people that you're photographing. I mean, if you're in L.A. photographing celebrities, you're going to have a completely different experience than if you're, you know, uh, even in a different state photographing celebrities. Like, it's just, it's there's so many different things that, that go along with it. Like in L.A., when you photograph celebrities, you have to, you not only have to uh, work with your, you know, photo editor, if it's a magazine or whatnot, but you also have to maybe work with the the PR person for the celebrity or uh, in Seattle and I don't necessarily have to deal with uh, celebrities if I'm sure sh- or the PR people if I'm shooting celebrities up in Seattle. But um so it's just it's different. But you know, editorial, if we're talking about editorial specifically, it can be yeah, it's tough. I mean, uh, you have to essentially sometimes get people to do something that they don't want to do. And not necessarily even in in terms of the concept, just in terms of just literally taking a picture. You <laughs> most people don't even, <laughs> even want to have their picture taken. So yeah. Uh, yeah, but I think the biggest thing is just planning ahead as much as possible, going in with a with a plan of attack, but also being ready to um, improvise because, you know, it's it's life and it's people, and nothing is more unpredictable than life and people. So uh, I think it's just having that plan but also being ready to abandon it or go in a different direction if need be. And, um, you know, the the better you can communicate, you know, I think the better off you'll be, especially beforehand, just so there's kind of... But sometimes, you know, again, it might be better if you have an idea that you're not real sure of. You you might not want to communicate that idea up front. It might be better to kind of throw it out last minute when you're face-to-face. Because, I mean, sometimes there's an idea, I'm like, I know if I ask about this idea right now on the phone a week before the shoot, it will get turned down, no question. Uh, then I'm going to look like an ass if I bring it up <laughs> again at the shoot. So it's, you know, in, in that case, it's better to just decide, uh, I'm going to just, bring this up in the moment and maybe they won't be so inclined to say no to my face or maybe I can, you know, convince them better in person than I would over the phone kind of thing. And so you have to make those kinds of decisions. But, um, you know, one thing I, as I've kind of become friends with certain photographers and just kind of watched other people work, I, it's easy to want to emulate what other people do or like, oh, this per- this photographer said this or that and that must work really well. But I think the most important thing, again, is just to be yourself um, don't say something that you wouldn't actually say. You know, but interact with your subject and work in a way that is true to who you are. And you know, that's what's going to make again your work interesting. And that's what's going to allow you to kind of pull off those impossible situations. Um, mm-hmm. and, I, and I think that really is a big part again of the whole decision making process. Is like, you know, some people. I've been photographed a few times for some magazine articles about my work before, and it was the photographer that photographed me, like, wasn't really directing me, and I was really uncomfortable. I think you can learn a lot by being photographed. If you're a photographer, it's a really good exercise to sit in front of someone else's camera because you all of a sudden become aware of what it's like for them and what is the photographer doing or not doing and how does that make me feel, and I certainly learned a lot from that process, but the photographer didn't really direct me, and it was really uncomfortable, and I didn't like the photos how they turned out at all. They just seemed really awkward. And um, but that being said, some photographers might intentionally not say anything or not direct their subject, and the pictures could be great. I tend to direct my subject a lot. Like I'm really particular, and I talk a lot to my subject, and I get kind of I push them in the direction that I want them to go. I don't think there's one right or wrong approach. I do think whatever approach you take though, it's important to be intentional or have a plan. Mm-hmm. In the case where I was photographed and he wasn't directing me, I don't think it's necessarily because that's what he wanted and he had a specific goal. He was just leaving things to chance and it didn't work. You can't leave anything to chance. You have to you have to know exactly what you're doing and why you're doing it. And so um I think that's that's the most important thing if you're if you're thinking about editorial photography or especially working with people is Uh, you know the more you do anything the more you learn but okay I have 10 minutes like how am I going to manage that time how am I going to convey this idea and set myself up to succeed in the best way possible Um, and that's that's not really something I think you can just teach someone I think it just has to come from experience and also from knowing who you are and how you work best in certain situations
1: yeah I mean I imagine you know at least on a subliminal level maybe just confidence in general helps get through Mm -hmm. the shoot really well
0: yeah, I think so. I think, um, I mean, it's, yeah, I think confidence plays a huge role in it, and you have to be able to sell yourself, and you have to be able to sell your ideas. And it's it's like if you went to a, a car dealership, and there is a, let's say there's a Nissan that's making a new car. It's the first year they've made it, 2013. And you go in there, and you ask the salesman, hey, what about this car? And he says, well, yeah, it looks nice. It's really cool. But to be honest, it's the first year they've ever made one, so we'll see. You know, I haven't really... Had anyone buy them yet, and you know they haven't been out that long, so who knows? You know they could be good, they could be great. That's not—I'm <laughs> not getting in that car. Like that's not telling <laughs> me exactly. You know. But if I go there and he says, like, oh, man, are you kidding me? Like, I've been looking forward to this car for three years. Like, have you read this and this and this on these sites? He's like, it's amazing. He said, we've sold so many of them, and everybody's just been thrilled. Like, I really think this is going to be, like, an amazing new car kind of thing. I mean, that could be, like, a total line of BS, but still, I mean, I'm curious at this point. It's nothing else. It's not excited about that car. And so, you know, I don't think – I would never encourage anyone to – you know, I mean, you always want to be, again, be yourself, be uh, – you know, act with integrity and all that, but you definitely have to sell. Yourself and your ideas, and you have to do it with confidence. I think that is a, a real big, um, important piece of the puzzle. I don't think confidence even has to, confidence doesn't even have to mean that you're outgoing, because sometimes people are like, mm-hmm. well, I'm, I'm not really that outgoing or whatever. I don't think you have to be outgoing to be confident. You could be like a really quiet person, but I think confidence looks different for each person. And I think, again, it goes back to confidence comes from having a game plan. And it's gonna come more and more from the more you do something, repetition. Um yeah. but yeah, I, I think that is a really important piece of it.
1: Yeah, there's something kinda of going back to your faces thing, I mean I think we're built to read we're built to read faces, but we're also built to read like body language. So even even if you're not like saying anything, I think there's you know, if you're just like a really heavy introvert, I think there's something, yeah, like you're saying about just how you carry yourself that people when they're in the room with you they feel like okay this guy is in control and he knows what he's doing and he's we're going from point A to point B you know mm-hmm. like, he's guiding yeah. us so you know so that then, then the trust and all that the, the thing comes where if you just walk in and you're kind of like um uh, mm, like you know it can fall right. apart kind of quickly I would I would imagine yeah absolutely so, um yeah let's move on a little bit um to some uh, to some other things um one of the things you talk about, also, and I would love for you to expand on it more, just because I, I don't think I, you really did. But um, from where I saw on your site, but you talked about this idea of like simplification, um, and how that helps you tell more accurate stories in your work. So yeah. I'd love, love to hear more about that simplifying and what that means for you.
0: Well, I mean, I think something that I'm always drawn to is simplicity. I always um, In all things, like in my personal life and work, simplicity is something that I find is kind of a a recurring theme for me. Um, In terms of production, I mean, I think simplicity, um, I mean, I, I guess in that sense, in the sense that I am drawn to that in general, I tend to incorporate simplicity into my work. But I also think sometimes going back to working with constraints, which if you're a photographer, you're constantly working with constraints. Mm. I think it's important to be realistic and work within those constraints. I, I I like to say if you only have a minute, act like you only wanted a minute. Mm. Because if you try to do like you know a 10-minute production in a minute, it's going to look like you half-assed it and you didn't really do a very great job. But if you only have a minute and you act like you only wanted it and you did something really great that was achievable within that one minute, no one's going to ever... Know or care really uh, how much time it took. Um, so you know if you if you do a really bad job, but you had to hold the deck was stacked against you. No one's going to ever say, well, you know what, man, <laughs> that's not a great picture, but. I bet you probably just didn't have like a real good situation, I bet you could have done a lot better with more time or something like that. Like, no, no, and people are just going to be like, that's a terrible picture. So there, <laughs> you you, just, you have to just like really boil it down to no excuses. Like, mm-hmm. what is it going to take for me to get a great picture? Because that's got to be the goal every time, no matter what the situation is. Like, how do I get a great picture out of this? And so in that sense, it's important to just kind of like essentially take a deep breath, come up with a plan, be realistic and, and get after it. So... I mean, I don't know. Simplicity, I think, for me, I, it means a lot in different situations. But um, I always try to simplify what I'm doing, and um, you know, sometimes that might mean like retouching or the way I light something, or you know. But simplicity is something we always try to to talk about, you know, in in in, in this job at least. So yeah, I don't know if that
1: if no, that answers that's kind of, great. Yeah, that's and I so. um. Real quick, and we don't have to talk forever about this, but um, this whole idea of, like, thinking on your feet, like, quick, because obviously, like, you know, your story of, like, the Tim Gunn shoot where you had this big thing set up, but, but then you had to shoot him, like, right there, and he, you couldn't take him anywhere. Um, you know, this idea of, um, yeah, you just have to think really, really fast on your feet, and sometimes in short amount of times, and you have to totally scrap plan A and go to, like, plan D or whatever. Um, for a lot of people, that's kind of... Paralyzing, I guess. When things speed up, um, mm-hmm. they their brain shuts off, you mm-hmm. know. Um, so, I would imagine. I don't know. I mean, I think maybe in photography in general, for the most part, I would think you would have you have to have some sort of skill where, when things get a little hairy or fast, you somehow calm down and reverse it. Does that make sense? And you have to be able to pull from like a wealth of creative ideas that are already existing in your head somewhere right. to be able to pull something out. Does that make sense? Like, how do you, um, you know, cause if you have to think of something on the, on the spot, you know, where does, where do those ideas come from and stuff? Cause you didn't have two days to map it out, you know?
0: Right. Well, I mean, I think, I guess I can only again, really like speak to my experience, but, um, I mean, I definitely get nervous and I, you mm-hmm. know, like anyone else. And yeah, I would, prefer never to be rushed yeah. <laughs> but i i I don't know I guess i I wouldn't say I love you know surprises you know on on set or things like that, but I guess again, it just goes back to kind of having a plan and knowing knowing what I think looks good and what i what I think um is most interesting to me, and you know when something does happen or does come up, you know one of those decisions that I make that that allow me to, to create something great, you know, given the new situation or whatever it is. And so, yeah, I, I guess you, you do have to, I mean, obviously be able to think on your feet in certain situations. I mean, in a lot of situations, I guess, but as far as like how do you do that or I, I don't really know. Yeah,
1: <laughs> just kind of something
0: that, Yeah, probably a lot of experience. But, um, you know, if, if you're the type of person that just does freeze and, you know, gets... Shy or nervous or shuts down, and you know that about yourself, and it, you know, hasn't changed over time. Like maybe this just isn't the, you know, the line of work I guess for you. Mm. But yeah, I don't know. It's hard for me to really talk about other people's experiences, or because uh, I just feel like I, I, I only really know what it's like when something like that happens to me, and I don't even necessarily know why or how I react the way I do. It's just kind of
1: how I do it or how I've done it so. yeah adrenaline or instinct I guess takes over to agree yeah um, let's talk about personal work because obviously you're a big advocate of that and you do it a lot um, and you know on your side I know you're kind of doing these like iPhone portraits which um, mm-hmm. are really awesome so talk about mm-hmm. creating you know personal work and then maybe how you're, you're leveraging that maybe even for paid work down the road later
0: Sure. Well, I think, I mean, personal work is important for several reasons. First of all, it's important to just be creating for you and not for anyone else. I mean, it's important to be doing this because you love it and because you want to do it. And, you know, you can get great portfolio work. And a lot of the jobs that I do, I really enjoy. They're really fun. Um, But then you have to just be really careful because if you're only putting your portfolio together with... um, client work uh... you're just going to keep getting that hired for that same exact type of work now if that's all you want to be doing then you're then you've got it made but typically we're going to get jobs sometimes that aren't exactly how we would have shot that situation or whatever And so uh... personal work is an opportunity to get hired for the exact type of work that you want to be doing kind of like i mentioned earlier uh... i really wanted to be doing portraits of people you know, I'd see an ad for NyQuil or something, and people are, like, sneezing or laughing mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Like, there's some, you know, or people lying in bed, and they're, you know, you know, can't sleep, and they got, like, red faces or whatever. Like, it's just kind of funny. Like, I, I would love to do that kind of stuff, but unless I'm showing that kind of stuff, I'm not going to get hired to do it. And so, you know, like I mentioned, I was getting comments like, well, you can't handle expression very well, or, like, your work is very serious. They're like, well, you know, we'll... We'll try again if we have something along those lines next time. Well, I could just wait till that happens, or I could go out and start shooting exactly what it is I want to be doing that I'm not getting. And so personal work is a chance, uh, you know, A, to just self-satisfaction and, you know, to express yourself as, as a person, as an artist. B, it's a chance to create work that's going to help guide your portfolio. Um, and... And see, I mean, I think the the big thing is you you get hired to shoot what you show, which I kind of mentioned, but that's a, a simple way of explaining it. And so um, now, when I get a job, sometimes they'll maybe like lay out five images, or like we really are responding to these images, and uh, we really want to, you know, we want you to shoot something kind that of feels like this, like this is the idea that we're after. And now, you know, sometimes three, four, maybe even all of the images that they're showing me were all personal shots that I did on my own. They were. Not paid, you know. They were out of my own pocket, but now that's the work that's driving my new advertising work. And so, like I said, I'm sometimes shooting ads now. That it feels like I would have done this on my own. I would have paid to do this, you know. Like, mm. don't tell anyone I said that. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's and it's so that's really rewarding when you can mm. um, you can get hired in that way. So, you know, I think that's those are kind of the main reasons why I think it's important, but. But also, just I mean, as a, I think if most artists have a sense of curiosity, and I think that, you know, or an idea, or a story, or something that they want to convey or create, and you're not going to get a chance to do that if you don't do it on your own. So, yeah, you know, that's that's why I think it is so important. And also, I mean, a different way of saying kind of the same thing again, but <laughs> you know, it's a, it's important to create variety in your portfolio and always grow and and try new things and. Um, that 's you know why a lot of times I'm doing personal work sometimes even you know i've done some ad jobs where i I intentionally did little setups on the side and i I love the models and the makeup and the wardrobe and all that kind of stuff and um I had another idea that the client didn't need or anything, but I shot something on the side just because it was like you know another chance again to redirect my portfolio in a direction that I wanted to kind of try and so you know I definitely see the more I do that kind of thing, the more i See the the client work I get hired for it begins to mimic those little things that I'm trying or doing, and um, you know it's just important to grow. I think if you're if you're not growing, you're dying. There's really no status quo because um, again, there's just so much work out there and so many people doing you know the same thing essentially. Um, you've got to constantly kind of reinvent yourself. So yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know. Also, and to to add on to that, I mean, I've talked about this. to I did a little article once on like how to avoid uh, you know, like creative uh, burnout or burnout. And but you know, I think sometimes you do get burnout. You're not going to have like brilliant ideas all the time. You know, I mean, I think we're in an age now where you where we're told we need to constantly have a brilliant idea. But I mean, years ago, you know, you know, an individual might have one or two brilliant ideas in a lifetime. Mm-hmm. and sometimes they didn't even act on it you know <laughs> so it's <laughs> like uh, i i do think you know sometimes we just put too much on ourselves i think that there, there's a lot of projects that i do that i just don't show because maybe they just don't turn out you know i mean i would imagine a lot of chefs when they're cooking like not everything is going to be something they put on the menu but you've got to be able to try those different things and experiment and push yourself and just explore um, if you're gonna if you're gonna grow so mm.
1: yeah so true um I'm interested a little bit because um to talk about I guess I don't know the I don't know it's just it seems like a really challenge it seems like a really big challenge now just in a lot of ways to stay afloat uh in 2013 uh you just you know you always hear about budgets shrinking and yada 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 and there's a billion photographers and all that and um you know building getting getting your work in front of the clients and things you want you want to uh work for i mean how do you go how do you do that i mean are you going through like email blasts or are you like just make sure you're meeting people face to face on a constant basis uh, even though we live in a digital world it's like is face to face kind of your your home run way to build business or how do how do you do that well
0: i don't think there's one there's no magic bullet but i think it's important to take kind of a, a holistic like Mm. approach i mean you, it's it's important to do all things i mean i think it's important to use email it's important to do face to face It's important to use mailers i mean um you know you have to you have to repeat essentially you have a brand you know takes a certain number of interactions before someone remembers or recognizes that brand and it, it's the same thing with photography um it takes a certain number of interactions for someone to recognize a photographer but it also takes a certain number of encounters with a single image to remember that image even especially for an art buyer or someone who's encountering maybe hundreds of thousands of images a day and photographers who want to get hired for a job and so I think uh, it really is important to use all the tools at your disposal uh, together and then um, also just remember that it's about relationships. I think that's the biggest thing. Is I've i learned lately, I'm just now starting to learn this after meeting with people for years. Um, I used to always kind of try to direct the conversation back towards my photography, but I'm finding now that it's actually maybe better to talk about the other person's vacation plans than it is about my photography. Like, it, mm. it really is, a, you know, relationships are really important. And um, that can be hard. It's kind of like golf, which I don't really play anymore. But, you know... <laughs> Sometimes we try to hit it so hard because that seems to make the most sense and it doesn't go real far or straight. But when you can, like, relax and swing easy, the ball actually goes further. I mean, so it's hard sometimes to think about, like, oh, I really want to be talking about my work and whether or not you're going to be hiring me. But, (laughs) you know, it's more important to just, like, get to know people and and care about them and Mm. invest in those relationships. So I think that's, that's really a big thing, especially, like you said, now that it is a digital age, I think relationships are maybe even more important now. Um, than they used to be in some ways. But, yeah, yeah there, I don't think there's one, you know, if you can only afford something, maybe, you know, do work within your means, you know, don't go out and buy an ad in an archive magazine if you can't afford it, but um, maybe try to figure out, okay, if I can do one mailing and three emails a year, do that as opposed to, you know, trying to cut everything out and just do one thing. I, I, so I think the more things you can be doing, the better, but... Yeah. It's different for everyone. you got to look at your budget and look at, you know, what's realistic and, and mm-hmm. work with that, I think.
1: Um, one thing I feel like that's a big mystery, especially photographers that are maybe coming up now or that are not say newer to the industry, but even just maybe they're willing to switch genres or something, but learning how to, like, price properly, especially now that it changes, like, every year, um I mean, how do you? How did you learn to price? Or I mean, is there certain resources, or did you just talk to other photographers and just have mentors and stuff that kind of guided you through the process? Because it seems like there's no solid ground on that.
0: Yeah, it's tough. Um, I mean, I think there there are some resources out there. I think I haven't used them in a while, but there are some programs that kind of give you rough ideas. Um, I, I've had yeah conversations with other photographers who have really helped me out big time um, when I was starting out on bidding and things like that. Now, you know I try to i don't really do much of the bidding anymore working with a rep it you know depends on the relationship, but typically, if you have a rep um that would some, often be something that they or your producer are working on so mm-hmm. but again, I mean that's something where the more you do something, the more you kind of get an idea of where the market's at and what you know the market will bear for certain expenses or you know projects and things like that and but it's always different there's no uh There's no standards, which just makes it very weird, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It just, you have to take into consideration who's your client, what's the project, what's the reach and the scope of the project. You know, if some big international company wants to do a huge international campaign and they're telling you that they don't really have any budget and, you know, they want to kind of do like a little deal with you, well, something's not adding up here. But, you know, if there's a non-profit and they're trying to do some local campaign, and they've never done any advertising before. I mean, the reality is they probably don't have a huge budget to work with. So you just kind of have to... I think it's important to ask a lot of questions when you get into uh, bidding and negotiating and things like that. If you have to do it yourself, yeah, it's important to try to get the person on the phone or face-to-face. Email is fine, but I think it's really, really important to talk to people on the phone. Mm -hmm. Get a sense of the project. Get a sense of what their expectations are. Also, sometimes, you know, you're providing some education uh, that they, you know, for the client, depending on what they're asking or what it is. Um, but you'll get a better sense on the phone of whether or not. First of all, you're the photographer that they're actually interested in. Because if you, in advertising, which is what we're doing most of now, there's usually like a triple bid. So there's usually three photographers we're talking to. They'll give you a real good sense typically if you're the one they want. If you're just there to be providing an alternative bid, they're probably not going to give you as much information. So i think the more you can ask questions and talk to the client the better off you'll be when you start preparing your numbers
1: yeah. Um i guess last question here as we kind of get close to wrapping up is um... i'm interested in kind of who kind of influences your work or who you look to or who has influenced you in the past as uh... your, you know, your style, your vision, that kind of thing
0: Um, yeah i guess let's see i mean I try right now. I mean, there's certainly lots of people that have influenced me, and especially there's photographers that have influenced me. I try at this point in my career to to not look at other photography as much as possible. I find that it gets into my head, or um, you know, kind of. I often, if I'm being honest, like it's easy to get jealous and it's easy to get frustrated. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, I just I find that I'm my work is the best and most true to who I am when I'm not kind of clouding my mind with those other things. And um... But also lately, I mean, in more recent times, my work has been more influenced just by life in general, as opposed to other photography, um, which I can talk about. But I think uh, to answer the question, when I first started out, as I was discovering, what is it I want to do, what kind of photography is out there, and you know, what what do I want my brand and my work to look like? I think Chris Buck was and continues to be a, a big influence um, in my life. Uh, I've always admired uh, Peter Yang's work. Um, especially when I was starting out. Um, Yusuf Karsh, uh, I think, you know, was ahead of his time. Uh, mm-hmm. Big fan of his work. Um, just looking at my stack of books right now. So those are those, those <laughs> the ones that come to mind. Um,
1: yeah. But, I yeah, some... I mean,
0: now I think, well, I think more than anything, I, you know, movies and, yeah. you know, interactions and in, in life and just, you know, out and about, definitely kind of spark. I got an email today, and there was a picture in the email, and it kind of gave me an idea. And so I, I just have a, a big document of ideas that I just constantly write down. Sometimes I don't ever do them. Sometimes I do them right away. Sometimes I come back to them years later and kind of work at them. But yeah, it's it's always a little different. Sorry, what were you going to say? I cut you off.
1: Oh, uh, no, you're fine. Um, I was going to say, I was going to ask you about uh, Chris Buck just because um, there's something about... The dry humor I feel like translates between you both. I mean, yours is different. I, I obviously I feel like yours is there's a little more digital feel to yours than maybe his, which doesn't as much. But um, but yeah, I didn't know if you looked at him a lot, just because it.
0: Yeah, I mean, Chris. Um, Chris has become a good friend of mine, and he he was one a person who like has just been greatly influential and helpful in my career as I started off even things like bidding one of my biggest jobs I ever did I was weighing over my head and Chris spent like significant amount of time with me helping me work through some of the numbers in the production mm. um, but yeah I've always admired his approach and his um, kind of his bravery I think too and the, the way that he approaches his work and he certainly um, approaches things I think kind of revolting against kind of what's typical commercial uh, you know photography or portrait photography. and So, yeah, I, I think that... Uh, I don't really know that I see a lot of similarities. And I, I don't want to be insulting to him and say that there are any similarities in between our work at all, but I mean, I, I think that... Um, aside from the fact that we both photograph people, but um, I think his approach is totally different than what mine is or ever will be, but I just mm-hmm. admire and love his work because of that and because of what he creates. So, yeah, he's he's definitely a big a big influence, and really, I think one of the top photographers out there right now.
1: Yeah. Um, When you're on set, do you know it's, like, a good shoot, like, if everybody's kind of laughing or having a good time? Sorry, what was that? Like, when you're on set, do you know it's, like, going well when everybody's kind of laughing or joking around? Yeah, I
0: mean, that's obviously, that's nice. Um, It doesn't always work out that (laughs) way. I mean, it depends on the project and the size of the crew, but, yeah, I mean, I think... I, I, I think, obviously, I'm having the most fun. There's times, and this tends to be sometimes more personal work, although we did just do a couple ad campaigns where we were, I was crying a little bit, I was laughing so hard, but, <laughs> you know, that's obviously fun, and the, those are the moments where you're like, wow, this is why I'm doing what I do. Like This yeah. is why I love photography, because it's just, it's it's hilarious, and we're having fun, and it feels like we're just hanging out with a bunch of friends. But mm-hmm. yeah, sometimes it's really fun, but it's serious. You know what I mean? Sometimes we're like, doing some serious problem solving and working through, you know, some big issues and problems and restrictions and stuff, where it's still fun because it's challenging and all that kind of stuff, but people aren't necessarily laughing, you know. So, yeah, yeah it's it's always different, but um, I think, for me, more than anything, when the shoot is done, like, you get this certain high or buzz or feeling, and that's when you know, like, this this went really well for me, like, uh, when you have that feeling at some time, usually actually even during a shoot, not just after, but um that i mean if if that if that's not going on, then you know yeah, maybe it's not such a good shoot <laughs> so.
1: yeah, uh so where can people follow you on like Instagram or Twitter or anything like that
0: yeah I've been doing uh you mentioned the iphone portrait series um earlier um you, I've been posting that on Instagram and using Instagram as a way to kind of show show that new series and you can follow me on Instagram it's uh, instagram.com slash Keatley. and um, you can also find me on Twitter, twitter.com slash Keatley, and my website is keatleyphoto.com awesome. so those are probably the, the three main places you can see my work and I would encourage anyone listening to take a look I appreciate uh, everyone out there listening and your interest and hopefully your interaction online somewhere
1: yeah definitely for sure so well john thank you so much for your time i really appreciate it uh big fan of your work like i said and i love what you're love what you're bringing to the table and um excited to see kind of what's ahead for you and what you're what kind of new work you got coming out so i know you're gonna do great thank you
0: so much thanks i really really appreciate it
1: so yeah no problem all right have a good night
0: all right take care